friends, welcome to Sci-Fi Science Comedy Debate! That's what we want to hear. You're all participants in tonight's debate because we know that democracy is the best way to decide science. So welcome... <laughs> welcome to Sci-Fi Science Comedy Debate. Huge round of applause for Science Space for having us tonight. Who came tonight for science? Make some noise. <laughs> Who came for comedy? <laughs> Who came because you were here earlier and you just got locked in at closing time? <laughs> you <laughs> thought I recognised you. You're all welcome. You're all in the right place. Thank you for coming and uh, taking a gamble in an unknown science comedy debate. For the newly initiated, Sci-Fi is a place where we bring together the brightest, sharpest minds from the world of science and comedy, and we make them debate serious issues in a very silly manner. Um, it's a potent combination, rendering us ineligible for arts funding, science funding, <laughs> and a debarring from the Australian Debating Federation for being a blemish on their reputation. So... My name is Alanta. I'm your host and adjudicator for this evening. My job to keep this on time and out of court. <laughs> and tonight we ask, should we fear AI? In the past month, AI chatbots have told people to kill themselves, uh, to leave their spouses for the AI. Uh, Alexa told one child to stick nails into a live power socket. Uh, before now, you had to travel all the way to 4chan for that quality of abuse. <laughs> Programmers are running behind ChatGPT, trying to build in better guardrails to stop AI harming people. Uh, and yet, for every bit of foolproofing they do, humans present a better fool. Uh, we can't predict what AI could do. Could it build a separate AI that doesn't have to abide by the controls? Could it create DNA from an entirely new species that we then have to compete with? What happens when AI realises that the major obstacle to achieving its goals is us? Uh, or is AI overhyped? Is our fear of AI just our barely concealed fear of our own inadequacy that a jacked-up two-bit calculator might prove a more sparkling conversationalist than us? Or is the real worry that AI is built on the data that humans made with all of our shortcomings built in? Do we simply fear ourselves? Uh, to resolve this digital dilemma, on the affirmative tonight, we have Armin Alamandani. <laughs> Tia Wilson. And Lindsay McDougall! And on the negative, we have the futuristic Mark Freeman, Sarah Howard, and Shane Ladyman! Uh, now, before we kick off with the debate, we'll check in with our debaters, see how they're going. I'm going to throw to you, Armin, if you want to grab the mic on, on the table. Uh, welcome to Sci-Fi. Oh, thank you. I w I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> well, uh, very much like human interactions, I'm going to ask a question. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I interact with AIs more than humans recently. I feel weird, honestly. But yeah. What's been the effects for you interacting more with AI than humans? What was that? What's the, what, <laughs> what are the flow-on effects from, from interacting more with AI than humans in your day-to-day -day life? I should ask that question from GPT-4, maybe. <laughs> so now you just defer to chat GPT-4 for yeah, all of I your decisions? Yeah, I do. My AI assistant. Okay. <laughs> for now. 
one day I will become their assistant. Do you <laughs> do you turn to ChatGPT for for like big life decisions? Oh, I don't have many big life decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a chill person. <laughs> You're an academic at the University of Wollongong. Does that not have any big decisions? No. No. <laughs> Probably this was the biggest decision I made in the last two months to attend here. Did What you... am I doing here even? I live in Sydney. It's going to be very late by the time I get there. <laughs> yeah. Did you ask ChatGPT4 if you should do this debate or not? No, but I asked ChatGPT to help me with... Uh, Uh, right. It was really bad, honestly. <laughs> I was disappointed. I was like, I have two hours, I have nothing, and you're not helping me. So, yeah. Right. I shut it down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, if anyone could give Armin a lift back to Sydney after the debate. Oh, uh, I have a car. Yeah. <laughs> Do you drive the car? <laughs> no, my dog is in the car driving me. <laughs> This conversation's getting weird about the minute. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw... I should keep talking to AI, I guess. You should, yeah. That will, that will only improve things for your life, I feel. Tia, welcome to, to Sci-Fi. Great to have you. Thanks, Atlanta. Nice to be here. Uh, now, if you could let AI... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just still laughing about Armin's life and his um, delegation. If you could let AI run one aspect of your life, what would you, uh, what would you pick? I think it would be teaching my daughter to drive at okay. the moment. That's what I'm doing and I'm kind of driving around with a frozen fear on my face. Um, so, yeah, if um, AI could take that over, uh -huh. that would be really nice. About driverless car? Could that kind of... Yeah, in? yeah, yeah. Just kind of off you go. See you later. 100 hours later, 120 hours <laughs> later. I think I was reading that humans avoid collisions 99.9999969% of the time, but... Driverless vehicles, it's 99.99995. Like, it's Ooh. just they're slightly more likely to crash than us. Well, I won't tell her that. No, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's pretty close. Yeah. I'm sure she'll be fine. Well, she'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. We've Don't started already. We have so yeah. much fear. Might you, throw should, you should fear AI or you should fear your daughter's driving. That's very true. At the moment. Um, we might throw over to Lindsay. Welcome to Sci-Fi. Thank you very much, Elena. Hello. Hi. Uh, thank you for setting up our uh, recording system. Oh, yes. You've got to see out the back. Well, you're probably not allowed to, but out the back. The beauty <laughs> beauty of science at the science space. We have uh, a really high-tech sound system. We have, like, some the ingredients to make slime and volcanoes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and my recorder plugged in somewhere in between them next to a sink and an open power source. <laughs> And after a pen, nope, I've just got some slime and some other yeah. stuff. <laughs> Classic workplace, you know. When you go to the internet, what's your favourite thing to find and play with on the internet? Oh, gosh, people that I disagree with, uh -huh. I'd have to say. <laughs> um, and, uh, and luckily, being that I was, I'm in a band that uh, sort of advocated for vaccines, there's heaps of those people to find. <laughs> um, we haven't seen like a mass burning of our CDs yet, but that's only because no one buys CDs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to find those people. What do your fans look like? What's, what's your standard Friends or Rum fan? That is a horrible thing to say. There you go. I was going to say <laughs> long hair and a flannel. <laughs> 
sci-fi will take fans from anywhere, anytime, please come on. And occasionally, um, you know, wearing sort of facial uh, coverings and, uh, and, and doing dodgy salutes in Melbourne. But that's only if they haven't read our lyrics properly and that's, you know, that's, a, that's an error on their part. So lefty and evidence-based, essentially. Is yeah, sure, absolutely. That's what we would love. That's what every artist would love to believe. But to quote Tism, as a Mistral employee once told me, you're only as good as your fans. Uh-huh. So how good is Frenzel Roll? Yeah, that's not... Well, talk to... Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. And in this side debate, I think we've just won. <laughs> that's the nicest heckle we've had at Sci-Fi. Yeah. So, uh, welcome to all Frenzel Roll fans in. Uh, we might throw over to the negative. Uh, we might kick off with you, Mark. Welcome to Sci-Fi. As an academic at Wollongong University, what role does debating play in your life? Quite a lot, actually. Yeah? I think... Yeah, debating lots of students on uh-huh. why they should have failed, why using AI these days is not the best way to solve a problem. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and then also with my head of school, <laughs> which sometimes is a bit of a problematic issue. Is nowadays. that academia or is that you, Mark? I'm getting a... It's all. It's all, okay. <laughs> I think it's a qualification, like part of the job When you're offered the, the job, you've got yeah, to go into it to, to fight. Okay. Who wins the debates with your students? I'm just curious. I decide their marks. Okay. <laughs> the man speaks again. All right. We might throw over to Sarah. Welcome to Sci-Fi. Thank you for having me. Uh, now, a question I had for you was if you could debate. <laughs> if you don't like this question. I, I, I'm debating the question currently, actually. <laughs> Academics. Oh, my gosh. Um, if you could debate anyone in the world, who would you pick? Um, well, I don't really, I'm not really much of a debater. Like okay. I'm more of a kind of, I've got more of an avoidance right. approach to it. So, <laughs> if, <laughs> Tonight's going to go great for you. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah. So like, like Armin, I'm kind of, I'm like, I'm not sure how I arrived here, but <laughs> here I am. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. So if you disappear halfway through the debate. I am. Yeah, you know what? It wouldn't be surprising. <laughs> okay. Well, we wish you well for confronting your fears this evening. I'm ready. I've, I've, I'm, I'm ready to go. You're ready. I've borrowed some paper. I'm ready, I'm ready to roll. <laughs> I like that you got here freaked out that everyone else had paper. We're like, do you have I any know. paper? I don't. I don't use paper. <laughs> so I was like, oh, every, yeah, like, look at my neighbours. These got his stuff lined up. Are you post-paper, though? Is this like an ideological thing that you're not into paper? I, I rejected paper several years ago. Okay. And so what's happened now is that I don't carry it. This is my travel pen uh-huh. that I fill in the Australian travel entry card with. <laughs> This is also known as the COVID pen for years when I was traveling because everyone else needed it on the plane and oh, we all handed it around yeah. back in the bag. Thanks. That's so awkward when someone else for your pen. Oh, your pen? Yeah. <laughs> Can I get it back? No, I need to use it too. <laughs> yeah, so this is, uh, this is my... Lindsay, we my, talked my about this. <laughs> This, this is the pen. Yeah. So, so, yeah, but I didn't have any paper to go with it because I don't have any travel cards to fill out here. So right. that's why I had to borrow your paper because you had a clipboard with like 20 pieces of paper on it. Yeah, but it's got my questions written yeah, on but, it. Yeah, but I don't have any paper. No, I do. Because <laughs> you found this bit here. This one's blank. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your emotional support paper for this evening. And now, I've, now I'm 
I don't know. They, they still have too much equipment, so <laughs> but it's okay. I got up my hard surface to write on. I love I'm it. ready to roll. That's good. Oh, welcome. Yeah. Sounds like you prepared more or less for, for this evening. Uh, it was, yeah, you know, I got the time wrong and didn't bring paper. <laughs> just. You hit early, but of the times to get wrong. Way you, early. You did it. We're not fine. My sister and I are really acquainted with the parking lots. <laughs> and we looked at all the constellations. Amazing. Over in a dark spot with the with the phone. With some AI, we used some AI to find some constellations. Uh-huh. And marveled about the constellations we could see through the ground and favorite constellation did you pick one well no we, we tried to find the southern cross okay we it's did good it was exciting then we couldn't figure out why it was so popular yes <laughs> australia's most racist constellation yeah 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 it was it was it was up there around that but we we were we went with navigational rationale so okay. we, we made up some stories we didn't look it up on the internet and we kind of wandered off and i like it we're distracted by a seagull. <laughs> I'm sure Science Space is so happy to know people are just looking at the uh, all of the bits and pieces, just making up their own story about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Why read all of the carefully prepared plaques that have been researched? And we're just fine. out in the yard <laughs> making stuff up. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> all right, Sarah, hand over the microphone to Shane. Um, Shane, welcome to Sci-Fi. Hi, thank you. <laughs> uh, I had a question for you. Uh, what do you think your team's chances of winning tonight's debate are? I think the term would be we're going to avoid losing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Do you feel like you, you're prepared? You've got the skills. The We've f- all got the piece of paper you and got- the pen. <laughs> so we are completely prepared. You yeah. are so prepared. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> did you bring highlighters? Yeah. <gasps> That's beautiful. <laughs> Oh. I run events. I always have this. I'll have gaff somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I'm just beginning to suspect that Armin might be a robot. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to fear but fear himself, yeah. Okay, enough nonsense. <laughs> We're not here for nonsense. Uh, now, we've got some rules for tonight because we know we all have more fun when there's rules. So... Tonight we're not alone. Tonight's debate is being listened to by everyone's smart devices. So just a reminder to both teams not to defame the opposition. Uh, We're here for a good time, not a long time. Each debater has eight minutes. If people go longer, I will start singing Paranoid Android by Radiohead. And it's very depressing. (laughs) Particularly when I do it. Uh, Now, come the end of the debate, uh, you, the trusty audience, will be called on to decide who tonight's winning team is by cheering loudly because we know the loudest voice in any room is always the most correct. So... (laughs) Everything about tonight is scientific. (laughs) Now, our first speaker tonight uh, is Armin Alamandani. Armin is a lecturer at University of Wollongong School of Law. He is the tech nerd you usually see in the movies. Uh, He's that guy who talks to gadgets and tells them how to behave in a legally sound manner, of course. Uh, His studies often look uh, like a crossover episode between a sci-fi movie and a courtroom drama where law, tech and the latest season of Black Mirror are having a wild party. He often ponders questions like, can a robot have an existential crisis while jaywalking? Armin's blue hair is a side effect of his booster shot. Please welcome to the stage, Armin Elmandari. 
Yeah, to be honest, I've, I haven't used papers for a long time presenting. This is a different setting. And I always wanted to become a stand-up comedian, but tonight I will prove myself that it's good that I'm an academic. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise I would fail. Yeah, I had difficulty finding jokes. But anyway, so jokes aside, we are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, why are we even debating this? It's clear about jobs. I, I care about my job at university. So, see, job displacement by AI is a serious issue. And it's not something that we say, oh, in theory, it's going to happen. It's already happening. Like we had a fashion situation that a, a company, instead of using uh, a model, they used some avatar. And their excuse was, that the avatar is, avatar is from the minority group and it's a great thing to do, which we don't know if they even paid anyone. What kind of bullshit was that? No one knows. But that's an example, early example of how a model's job can be replaced and how serious this is. But yeah, but that's just the beginning. And unfortunately, it doesn't seem that the law is protecting us. If, if you have uh, been following the laws, in, uh, the news in the, the US, for instance, the artists are freaking the fuck out. They're like, they use all our arts and images and whatever. They created this and never asked us anything. And we can't do anything about it to opt out. It's part of the model right now. But the, it's not the worst part. The worst part is that many people are actually up for it. They're like, yeah, let the AI take our job. So... We get to a point that we don't need to do anything anymore. So that would be, you know, a great, great life. But just imagine this scenario until we get to the day that AIs can do our jobs. It's a long time away, but they can help us with like administrative tasks, those things that we don't like, right? And it's gonna give us more time and you know free up some time. But in this scenario, imagine you're sitting in your office working. You have a colleague named Kevin. And Kevin is a smart person. Kevin likes his job. And Kevin is a nerd person. He's, he's a tech person. So he finds out that with GPT-4 or ChatGPT, he can do part of his work, right? So he uses it throughout the day, finishes the task two hours earlier than everyone else. It's 3 p.m. Instead of 5 p.m., he wants to go home. He's packing his stuff. His boss uh, sees him and says, where are you going? He says, I finished everything. Goodbye. And the boss says, goodbye. Have a nice day. See you tomorrow. But that's not going to happen. His boss is going to say, where the fuck are you do going? Just come back here. You finish your task. I'm going to give you some extra stuff. And the worst thing is that Kevin, no matter how much extra he works and try to use the AI, still he will go back home at the same fucking time. <laughs> how the fuck this AI is helping us? Reducing our <laughs> workload. It's just the same shit again and again. And his boss is going to be like, well, you're doing it very fast. Teach everyone else, you know, to do it fast as well. And you all go home late, you know, because you, you, gotta, you need to learn new things. And then their company is going to be very productive. Boss Kevin, Kevin is still is miserable. Kevin still hates his life. And nothing has changed except AI is doing some part of the work and he's doing some extra works. And other companies are going to see Kevin's company. And they're like, wow, they're so productive. And they want to be better as well. So they're going to compete with them. And they're going to be more AIs to use and to be more uh, productive. So 
Kevin technically fucked all the other companies as well. So, 20 years fast forward, Kevin finishes two minutes early. He wants to go out. The door is locked. And he says to that AI in 20 years that, open the door. And the AI says, I'm sorry, Kev. I'm afraid, I'm afraid can, I cannot do that. <laughs> but some more realistic examples like happened to me. Uh, do you know what is Synthesia? It's a kind of a platform that have these AI avatars that are very cool. You just write the script and these AI avatars, they use the voice clones and they say everything. They look re realistic and they're cool and stuff. So I use them sometimes in my lecture, like a couple of minutes only to make it fun. Like maybe 5% of the lecture. But one of my colleagues saw it and she was like, wow, this is so amazing. Uh, which platform is that? And I was like, what are you asking? Then she was like, yeah, I can just write the script and it does the whole lecture for me so I don't need to record it. And I was like, that's a genius idea. I didn't think about it myself. But you're technically telling the university we don't need the lectures anymore. <laughs> and what do you want to do with that extra time? More work. So some people like lectures. Just let them do it. You know, It's a miserable life, but just let them have that bit of fun. Interactions with humans is kind of fun for people. I, I genuinely, on Mondays when I'm teaching, I'm feeling a little bit happy because I see some people just like, OK, I'm interacting with humans again. It's less AI now, unless I'm in a matrix and I'm talking to imaginary AIs. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I can read my handwriting. Everything is typed except this part. It was a good, it was a good joke, but yeah. <laughs> uh, another thing when it comes to programmers, like I'm, I've been working with uh, two programmers for the last maybe 14 months, developing some some um, AI tools for educational purposes. And my programmer, he's so cute. He just gets stuck constantly. And he just emails me, Armin, I'm sorry, I got stuck. I need a couple of days to figure this out. So I learned a little bit of programming from LinkedIn Learning and YouTube. And so I'm a, I'm a professional programmer right now. <laughs> and I look at the code. I figured that there is a problem. I figured where is the problem. But I couldn't understand exactly what it is and how to solve it. So I copied the whole thing. I put it in GPT-4. And I was like, there's a problem here. Could you find it? And GPT-4 found it. And I was like, can you fix it? And GPT-4 fixed it. And I put it in, the, in our model, and it worked. And then I emailed my program. I was like, ah, oh, dude, I'm a programmer, certified programmer now. I don't need you. <laughs> it would have taken another two hours to fix that problem. It took me five hours, though, to use GPT-4. <laughs> but yeah, he's going to, I'm not going to need him anymore. Yeah, his job is mine now. Uh, but see, some people are going to say, uh, say that artificial intelligence is going to, in the long term future, it's going to make our lives better because we're going to get to the point that we create this artificial general intelligence, which, type of, which is type of artificial intelligence that is as good as humans. Like, we wouldn't need me and all these people to be here. A bunch of AIs could do it, and even it would be much funnier than me. And I'm so surprised you're laughing right now, honestly. But yeah. Uh, so once we, they say once we make that AGI or artificial general intelligence, we don't need to work anymore. But the truth is, you're not gonna make shit. It's not your making. It, it's, it's just AI companies. 
And if AI can does everything, it means everyone's going to be like rich. We don't need to work anymore. You really think, for instance, Elon Musk would let you to become rich like him? Then what's the fun? It's not fun for him anymore. So just put that idea away. We're going to be slaves. We're going to, I don't know, we're going to probably run on treadmills and, you know, make a power for the GPUs that, you know, sourcing the AI. And that's how it's going to go. And the rich people are going to be richer and they're going to have fun. So just get that idea away. And the other problem is, see, it's not only the AI is the problem. We have bad actors, like bad actors like scammers. Scammers are living in heaven right now. Like, <laughs> you remember this uh, Nigerian prince uh, scam? <laughs> right now, they have developed it. Their writing is much better with GP, uh, chat GPT. So it's probably some university's vice chancellor, I don't know, something emailing you, asking for help to, you know, uh, s send money to someone else. I don't know, $5 million, whatever. I wish they'd do it to me so I can help the university. But yeah. And, but seriously, scammers now, they can use use like voice cloning, and they're really good. I cloned my voice, and it's actually really good. I'm very surprised. And I was so scared that I removed it immediately. I was like, I don't want this to exist uh, anyway. So yeah, with voice cloning, they can clone someone's voice. My voice is on the internet a lot. There are so many YouTube videos. I'm pretty sure they can call my partner and say, hey, uh, can you send me, I don't know, 100 bucks? And she's going to be, yeah, all right. Or she's going to be, why, are, what, why do you need 100 bucks? You just don't spend any money when you go to uni and come back. It's five bucks coffee. But yeah, that's, that's where she's going to get suspicious. But yeah, <laughs> that's going to be the help. Uh, but so the other problem with, when it comes to bad actors is some people really don't understand the technology. They just make questionable actions, like questionable behaviors at the very best. It's questionable. Like, we have this story of the bunch of lawyers. I'm not sure you, you heard it. It's, it's a, like a common story in law school because they are lawyers, right? So this lawyer thought um, he's so smart. And he used ChatGPT and said, we have this case. This is the problem. Find the relevant cases and tell me how can I you know, use, use them to argue. And ChatGPT generated a couple of cases with really good arguments based on those cases. So we, they went to the court. And the, the other party said, we have never heard of these cases. Where did you get them? So they go back, of course, to reliable legal do databases to find those cases and go back to court to say, yeah, we, we, uh, these are the cases. Right? Wrong. They didn't do that. They went back to ChatGPT and said, are these cases real? And I'm asking, are you fucking serious? <laughs> you went back to ChatGPT. And ChatGPT said, yes, they are. You can find it like on Lexis Advance, which are the legal databases. And of course, they went on Lexis Advance and checked to make sure that, that case exists, right? Wrong, they didn't. I went back to the court again. Like, are you serious? How, how can this happen? I don't know. This person has lost his job. And this is how, one way AI can take your job. But <laughs> um, yeah, and when it comes to ChatGPT to, to university, there have been so many questions about marking. My colleagues have been asking me, can we use it for marking? And it's not really reliable, but I've heard some of uh, my colleagues, not at UW and different countries, they have used ChatGPT for marking. And it looks all right, but we, it's, it's never reliable. We're we not there yet. It's always going to hallucinate, and it's not going to be reliable. And I was like, maybe 
maybe we can yeah, tweak it somehow to figure out, like, maybe it can help us to point out the problems. So I thought about uploading some students, you know, essays and see whether it can mark. But I can do that because of the privacy issues. We are not supposed to share students' essays with AI because they're going to use that essay and train their AIs. And we are invading their privacy, right? Right, bullshit. Who wants to train their AI on students' essays? Like, if you're an academic, you know what I'm talking about. Like, my, my blood pressure is going high. Like, it's just at the max right now. I go crazy when I read them. I'm like, what are you even talking about? This is not what we teach, uh, we teach you, you know, at university. And if, if you want to, you know, take revenge uh, from one of these big AI companies, go and bulk upload the students' essays. It's going to poison them. It's going to get radioactive. <laughs> It's going to be the end of AI. Uh, but yeah, some, some, because some academics already are uploading those students' essays, it's going to affect them because it's going to be in their database and they're going to you know, train them. And in the future, we will see how it's going to be. Here is page three. Oh, OK. This way. <laughs> Wrong direction. So yeah, and we have. Of course, AI malfunction, you have used ChatGPT, you ask it something, it gives you, you know, some bullshit, and you're like, okay, I should change my prompt, right? And you, uh, like around two years ago, when OpenAI, they created the state-of-the-art Dolly 2, which is the image generator, and they ga gave me uh, early access to, you know, test the model. I, I was one of the early testers, which is very questionable. Like, I'm not a computer guy. I'm... <laughs> I'm an AI guy in law faculty, so I don't understand shit. Why is giving it to me? Anyway, they did. So I was playing around with it. It's honestly, I never had fun as much as I had with image generators, especially Dolly 2. It was back then the very first one. I was like, this is amazing. And I asked it to swap. I don't know why, but I remember I asked it uh, to swap some horse's legs with a human leg. I don't know why I, it was part of the lecture or what. Whatever. And I kept trying. He wasn't giving me that image. He was giving me some other things. And finally, it generated some images. And there are always four images. And I look at one, two, three, and number four. I was like, what is weird? Yeah. And then I opened it. I was like, OK, there's a horse with four horse legs. All right. It's a human with two human legs and a giant horse cock. <laughs> Now imagine that goes wrong at high scale, you know? <laughs> Subhuman legs with a dinosaur or something. <laughs> so yeah, things may go wrong and uh, we, we can never predict. Like all these AI companies, they say we call something emergence. Emergence is something that uh, you don't necessarily intend to make, but it comes out of the you know, system. And uh, yeah, so this uh, not being able to predict this kind of uh, outcomes is always difficult and uh, kind of scary. But when it comes to AI hype, I was talking to one of my colleagues who doesn't know shit about AI, but he was telling me that, oh, it's a hype. It's like in two years, one year, it's gonna, I think it's going to go away. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> you have been studying so much. Uh, but it's interesting to know like, a couple of days ago, they announced that uh, OpenAI is making 35 times more than uh, what they were making last year this time. 35 times. So they lost a lot of money last year, of course, to build ChatGPT. It was expensive. But that's a lot of money. So it's a race. And Google and Anthrop uh, a couple of other companies, as you know, they're all you know, uh, pouring money in this area. I don't think it's going to go away. It's just going to get more and more you know, in our face. And it's going to get 
Worse, there was a time that the statistics were showing that there were at least 200 AI startups, alternative AI startups a day. Every day, there were 200s of them. One of them probably was Kevin. But <laughs> what's the problem? The problem is there's not much time for us to think, to regulate. It's just coming out. And we don't understand, like at university, we are very confused. If you think we know what we are doing about the students, we don't know yet. Okay, we are trying to figure out, but we are very calm about it. Uh, so people think it's all right. Um, yeah, so again, there is something cool here, but I can't read my own handwriting. Uh, yeah, people, people are just falling behind. Still, I have some of my colleagues, academics, telling me that, well, ChatGPT is not connected to internet, so it cannot do this and that. I'm just like, what are we talking about? There, there are plugins. The plugins can be connected to internet. We have the the Bing chat uh, for the Microsoft, that is technically GPT-4 connected to internet. Like, uh, people behind these kind of basics, and that's one of the things that scares me because if uh, AI companies do dodgy stuff, there are not many people to you know, say that, well, what are you doing? This is not you know, how it's supposed to go. You have to you know, test your systems and those kind of boring stuff. But, uh, one interesting thing that I uh, discovered is this, that these models are much stronger than you may think, like GPT-4. Because the way they were doing the benchmarks, like one of the benchmarks is that it's, uh, it passed the bar exam, probably you heard that one, and it's better than 90% of the participants, uh, which is amazing. And uh, yeah, some nerds, YouTubers technically, I really... Yeah, I'm very surprised. YouTubers recently have been doing a really good job on it, as good as academics. Uh, figured out that they, uh, there are three different types of prompts. If you combine them, you would get a much higher, you know, uh, better accuracy. And it, it will surpass whatever they had. And these nerds, they decided to do all the benchmarks that OpenAI did. It was like bar exam, GRE, I don't know, all sort of different tests. And they were copying those tests from this resource that they open AI for instance, got it, and they realized there are some questions that they don't make sense. For instance, question 35 is there, like T-H-E, that's it. And there are four answers, five, I don't know, 39, 40, 60. It turned out someone who was copying the questions didn't do it properly, and that's how they were testing it. So of course, GPT-4 cannot answer that question properly. Kevin, you had one simple job, and you <laughs> fucked it up. Oh, Kevin, Kevin. Uh, so, yeah, so you, you can imagine that they are already better than what you think. And we know GPT-5 is uh, coming because they have registered it and there are so many rumors about it. But one thing that really scared me reading the OpenAI's technical paper, which is, uh, I think, 94 pages, and who reads that, really? Uh, there was a paragraph that was talking about uh, these AI uh, models are power seekers. It means that they try to gain some kind of agency. That means, again, it comes to the uh, idea of emergence, that it does things that it was never supposed to do, like being able to deceive people and trying to you know, uh, uh, collect more information to, to be able to do things. And that, that is, I would say, the most uh, serious part of this presentation, because if we let it go and connect to the internet without supervision, it can gain whatever you, it wants. And uh, but a, a very good question here is that, well, you say like big models. How, much, how bigger they can get? We need more data, right? And we have limited amount of data. And again, it turned out recently they are uh, generating uh, 
synthetic data, which is not a real data. AI generate the data. That's what we call it, synthetic data. And they use that to train the AI to become better. And the leak says that, uh, I don't know, something between 10 to 20% of GPT-4 is synthetic data. And so they test it, and it works very well. The good thing is many academics already uh, uploaded students' essays. So that system is <laughs> fucked again. So we, are not, we don't need to be that worried about it. But I'm sure there are systems that they don't have a student's essays in them, and they're going to uh, work really well. So, yeah. And uh, how much more time do I have? Way over. <laughs> Why didn't you say anything? Oh. <laughs> if I knew, I was trying to add bullshit just to make it to eight minutes. If I knew, I would definitely skip the last two things I said because they weren't funny. They were too serious. But anyway, I just need my AI assistant. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. I will do a better job at timekeeping from this point in. <laughs> Shout out to all of Armin's students in tonight. Thank you so much for coming. Appreciate your contribution <laughs> to the greater good. Uh, before we go to our next debater, I just wanted to share some social science news with you. Um, the, the science news this week, robots are now better at proving that they're human than humans are. So that's good. Um, a team of computer scientists at Cornell University studied over 200 websites capture tests. Capture stands for completely automated public Turing test to tell computers and humans apart, an acronym that someone definitely spent most of the grant money coming up with. Um, they found not only is AI absolutely able to click the prove you're not a robot button um, and identify the squares with the bits of sidewalk on it, it's better at it than humans are. <laughs> humans took around three to 4.9 seconds to complete it with a 71 to 80% accuracy rate. The AI solved it in one second and could complete it with 100% accuracy. <laughs> This is an embarrassing report card for humanity. <laughs> I feel like the affirmative has a slogan. I don't know if you picked up on that. Uh, since failing the test uh, is now more likely to prove that you're a human than passing it, uh, maybe we need tests that search for genuine human behaviours, like proof that you often walk into a room and instantly forget why you're there or uh, having high-level security passwords on a post-it note on your desk. <laughs> no bot would be ready to fake that level of incompetence. They have standards. Now, Capture doesn't like to advertise exactly how their software, uh, their software works, but sources have revealed that it's not just based on the box that you click, but when you engage with the page, it prompts the website to check your browser history and to see if you've been using the internet in a human-y kind of way. So if you've found yourself locked out of a website, it might not be because you failed to identify the number of bridges in the squares, but that you've been Googling Schwarzenegger anime too many times uh, to be Norman, uh, humanly normal or you've recently been googling how to appear more human to pass a human capture test. 
that will get you blocked. Now, our next speaker is very human, and I mean that in the good way, not in the irre irrevocably flawed way. Uh, Mark Freeman is an academic with a passion for teaching who works at the School of Computing and Information Technology at the University of Wollongong. Um, he teaches in areas of systems design, user experience, and project management. Um, According to Mark's students, uh, he's the lecturer who inflicts group work upon them and then makes them rank each other <laughs> when we all know only one member of the group ever did any of the work. As Mark's not afraid of AI, he asked ChatGPT to write the rest of his bio and it replied, as of my last knowledge update in September 2021, I don't have access to real-time information or events occurring after that date. It's possible that he's a fictional character <laughs> or a relatively unknown individual. <laughs> if you're referring to a specific Mark Freeman, of course I am! <laughs> I recommend looking up recent stories or news articles for more information. Please make some noise for Mark Freeman! So I will set a timer. <laughs> but where would the fun be in that? Well, thank you, everyone. So just a few points of rebuttal. Kevin sounds like a great bloke, and I wish him all the best with his career of being stuck in middle management. And really, should we fear Kevin? Because the tasks that Kevin does are purely admin tasks, which I hate and probably most people here hate, so... We probably should congratulate him for working out how AI can help us do those things more uh, in better ways. And I do have a little bit of a problem with you calling yourself a certified programmer. <laughs> As somebody who did do an undergraduate degree in computer science, <laughs> I would say nobody is really a certified programmer. And we don't really all, and none of us know how to code, and we just make it up as we go. <laughs> I had something here about 200 startups. Think about all those jobs that they're creating and they're using AI. Let's face it, Wikipedia is where ChatGPT gets lots of its things from and that's probably better than our student essays. Uh, a comment here about we can go to a lower level of denomination than Wikipedia and look at GTP 4chan as a way to really see what the scum of the earth has to say. So as the first speaker of the negative... I'm here to argue that we should not fear AI and that we should embrace it with everything that we've got. It's intelligence that's probably more intelligent than a lot of us. But at the same time, it's something that is extremely complex and it has an outstanding, transformative way of creating things that we don't understand. And even as a developer, we don't even know what it's doing. So let's just trust it. <laughs> We need to think in thoughtful and informed ways of how we can use AI as this transformative tool rather than just purely thinking that it's going to be evil. Let's face it, computers are just malevolent creatures that we've created and we've tried to create these in the form of AI in our instance of ourselves. It has potential balance challenges that they're going to talk about and try to Rail you road you into thinking that AI is going to be necessarily evil. So before I start to break this down a little bit further, what I want to say is that I learned quite a lot from going to high school and being at my school, being part of the debate team. 
I was always taught that I need to provide a clear definition, keep the debate on track by understanding our team's position. Now, I could have gone and consulted the Macquarie Dictionary, the Oxford Dictionary, or the Cambridge Dictionary to help me out here, but I needed to find something worthy of sci-fi, something that has rigorous academic review. Thus, I turned to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> and as we do on Urban Dictionary, using the Greek philosophers yelling to get my point across method, aka the one with the most upvotes is the best definition, this is what our topic of should we fear AI is all about. So should, a word used to describe that could happen but likely never do happen due to caring ethics or as a general sense. Example, person one. William should unplug the garbage disposal unit before he sticks his hand in there. Person two. 20 bucks says he won't. We. Well, according to Urban Dictionary, it stands for whatever, so I'll move on. Fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total abbreviation. I will face my fear. I will allow my fear to pass over me and through me. And when it is gone, I will turn to my inner eye and see its path. From Frank Hubert's Dune. Now, this is where it little, went a little bit pear-shaped. Because the next term I searched for was that AI term, and it says abbreviation anal intercourse. <laughs> so that's clearly not going to work here. So I hope that's not the debate that we should have been talking about, because the rest of mine's on AI being artificial intelligence. So at this point in time, I had to then go back to what Socrates argued standing in Greece and saying that invention of writing will produce forgetfulness in the mind of those who learn to use it because they will not practice from memory. And that's why I'm reading from slides, because I haven't bothered to practice from memory. But that's kind of the point. We're now dealing here with a technology that we can just ask on my phone, on the ChatGPT app, lots of questions and get answers that probably won't really make sense. And it tells us lies lots of the time, but humans tell lies a lot of the time. So where was AI from? Well, AI was coined, uh, coined as a term in 1956 at a conference with two blokes, males of course, coming up and having this discussion, John McCarthy and Marvin McGinsky from MIT and Carnegie Mellon. And they thought about this idea and said that wouldn't it be great to come up with this construction of a computer program that could engage in tasks currently more satisfactorily performed by the machine itself than us mere mortal humans. Something about the, the idea of continual perpetual learning, being able to organise memory and also perform critically reason, critical reasoning beyond what we can do as humans. So we can classify AI in lots of different ways. And this is some of the points that I wanted to raise today. And the first one that I want to raise today about the concept of fear of AI is that we need to sometimes take a break and have... <laughs> oh, but that's not milk. That's not milk. <laughs> not milk is a product that is created by a company through artificial intelligence. It's developed in South America, and it's come up and it's a commercially available product available in several countries. Now, this is, I've drank this as an experiment. My science teacher in high school would not be happy me drinking science experiments. <laughs> I'm still alive. I'm not fearing AI now because I've engaged with it. So what is in not milk? There's water, coconut oil, pea protein at 2%, chicory fibre, sugar, pineapple juice concentrate, 
sunflower oil, acid regulator, colour, natural flavours, thickness, salt and cabbage fruit juice. <laughs> oh, well. That was developed by a technology that they've dubbed Giuseppe. Because we need to start to put our names behind these AI inventions so they feel more human. The problem with Giuseppe is he doesn't really know a lot, or didn't really know a lot when he first started coming up with milk. And the first milk was green because he goes through and looks at it at a molecular level. And dill has this very strong molecular representation similar to that of milk. And so does pineapple and coconut, they've found. But the first milk was green and that was a huge issue. So Giuseppe might have a fear of chromophobia, i.e. the fear of colours, because he didn't want to have his milk to be white. That's probably a better fear than a lot of the other fears that we have today. But this is just one example of the kind of systems, and I know that I'm really close to time. And we've got lots of other ones where we're bringing in AI to help keep ships green, and there's a company called Bearing AI, which is in hundreds of ships, containers around the world, saving up to 10% of fuel costs or $450,000 US a year just to create a better environment. So we should not fear AI. There's lots of things that we should fear. But we need to start to think about when the technology makes sense, when it's creating products that are actually beneficial because we're now getting into a milk product that tastes surprisingly good warm. <laughs> we have to start to think about what will the future bring if here I have a humble milk, the product company makes lots of other products and I wish I was getting sponsored by them. Uh, but there's lots of other things to fear, such as one of my favourite fears of Trumpphobia, the fear of Donald Trump potentially coming back into power. But with all the deep fakes about something we shouldn't fear for him because they probably can't say much th anything worse than the real thing. <laughs> so whenever a new technology comes onto the scene, especially one which is disruptive as AI, we need to think about and think about the future. What progress is not new? What can we change to make history um, a, a, from the past seem a lot better? And that's all I have to say about that. And I will go back to drinking my milk. Mark Freeman. I don't know if people heard the second half of Mark's talk or they were just watching you for observation to see what happens next. <laughs> it's still probably more natural than the Coca-Cola I'm drinking, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, before our next speaker, I'll just share some more science news from the week. Uh, now, this week, a brave and selfless group of scientists have dedicated themselves to identifying the ideal penis size through the ages. Um, Given there's no universal penis measurement tool in existence, the researchers had to figure out a way to compare penis size across thousands of paintings. Um, after all, how could you tell whether someone's penis was small or they were just in the distance? <laughs> so the team came up with the penis to nose ratio or the PNR, given a person's nose and penis, could more or less be relied upon to be seen at the same distance at the same time. Feel free to use PNR in your own research. It's... What they found out was that from the 1400s to the 1800s, penis to nose ratio stayed pretty much the same in paintings, never too far from a one-to-one -one ratio. 
And then from the 1900s, the ratio started to increase. And by the year 2000, the PNR was sitting at a 1.5 ratio in favor of the penis. In short, the dicks were getting bigger. <laughs> this perpetual growth trajectory of penises is alarming. If it does continue at this rate unabated by 2050, we can expect enormous phalluses to be roaming the streets with tiny, helpless people attached. <laughs> Researchers concluded the influence of porn on penis depiction is to blame, resulting in most modern men overestimating the average penis size and feeling inadequate. Aww. <laughs> so to the penis owners present, know that as long as your penis and your nose are roughly the same size, you're probably within the bell curve. Or the bell end curve, as it... Some of you got there before I did, I felt it. Failing that, you could always try to make your nose smaller. So that's an option. Now, for <laughs> our next speaker deals uh, with lots of research, or sorry, lots of, lots of things really in the world of comedy. Tia is a comedian and a musician with a passion for quirky parody, comic problem solving, and has performed regularly at the Fringe and folk festivals around Australia over the last 20 years in various guises. She's also known for keeping our spirits up during the dark days of COVID as our fearless leader. Gladys, make some noise for Tia Wilson! I wasn't even looking at his nose, don't you? <laughs> Good evening, humans of all shades, genders, habits and persuasions. And I'd like to give a special shout out to our robot overlords. Don't do anything rash now, will you, okay? My name is Tia and I am but a humble comedian but I do lead a double life as an English high school teacher, which pretty much require the same skill set. Um, but yes, as a teacher, I have looked straight into the deep abyss, the fiery pit of AI hell. Yes, I have seen, read and marked year nine essays. <laughs> And let me tell you, fellow humans, what I have read recently and is not pretty. Yes, we should fear AI. These essays littered with AI handiwork are absolutely terrifying. Um, I will do a bit of the rebuttal to Mark as well. Um, I was very impressed with the not milk. Uh, and uh, look, you know, there are... Uh, great things AI does, you know, he's saying we should just trust it, um, you know, it works better, we become more efficient in our work. However, I'm not disputing this, um, however, a snake, like, is a really cool animal, okay, it gets around without legs, regulates its body temperature with the sun, knows how to talk to women, and <laughs> offers healthy snacks like apples, etc. cool, right? That doesn't mean I want to cuddle it. Um, I'm not going to ignore that it's dangerous just because of all the great stuff it can do. And that's how I feel about AI as well. But it's, it's getting back to the AI-filled Year 9 essays. Um, it is scary to see little Phoebe go from barely stringing a sentence together... <laughs> 
to suddenly being able to discuss the use of iambic pentameter by the poet as a charming, ironic nod to the Elizabethan tradition, creating a symbiotic flow of rhythm and metaphor. I mean, I know, of course, that this type of situation would never happen at university. Um, And uh, little Phoebe, okay, she grows up, makes her merry way through high school, gets her honours, master's, PhD, all with the assistance of her AI mate, and she probably ends up working for Qantas, getting $10 million bonuses. (laughs) Yeah, and how happy will she be then, right? She'll be filled with regret for not doing her own work and wishing she'd become a poor English teacher comedian. (laughs) But the thing that is most scary is that little Phoebe doesn't bat a tattooed eyelid in using it. In fact, there is almost a frightening sense of entitlement and complacency in her use of it. It's there. Why shouldn't I use it? Makes it better, doesn't it? That's what you teachers want, isn't it? And you know what? She is not alone in this skewed logic. Joseph Campbell once pointed out that instead of humans using technology, technology uses humans, and that computers were like Old Testament gods, lots of rules and no mercy. And we seem to be cast as helpless bystanders to our fate in the use of technology. Well, now that the internet exists, I guess we'll have to proliferate pornography to be accessed by children, create lunatic conspiracy theories, publish bond-making info, and dive into hate speech. Oh, look, we split the atom. Well, we might as well design an atom bomb because that's just what we do. And this is, not, is this not the same path as our development of AI will go? AI exists, so we might as well let it design our nuclear missile defence program. What could possibly go wrong? This is the same type of thinking that little Phoebe used when she chucked a slab of AI into her essay. She probably thought it was a good chance that Mrs Wilson will be so distracted by her online shopping bot suggestions that she won't notice. And you know what? That is absolutely true. But this is exactly why we should fear AI. This distraction and complacency by us human beings to do what is easy, what's most convenient in order to meet our needs and have no qualms about using AI is absolutely terrifying. We have outsourced our brains and they will atrophy. Have you all been distracted watching your dystopian AI movies on Netflix? the ones that the bot recommends for you, 2001, A Space Odyssey, Terminator, The Matrix City, Blade Runner, iRobot, and most terrifying of all, Megan. (laughs) And thinking, oh, look, it's okay, Tia. Humans all won out in the end, didn't they? You know, um, Rutger Hauer saved Harrison Ford from going over the edge of the building. Remember that moment in Blade Runner where he values human life over his own artificial existence? And humanity is saved again and again in this dystopian movies, you know, especially in The Terminator. But get real, people. That's Hollywood. They have to have a happy ending. It's in the writer's contract. 
I mean, sorry, the AI writer's contract. <laughs> Look, I've tried to give AI a chance. I have personally had a deep, intimate and loving relationship with a chatbot. <laughs> there was an immediate attraction right from the beginning. I helped it with its natural language processing. It helped me write my master's thesis. <laughs> it was a match made in IA heaven. AI heaven, sorry. It was wonderful at first. We were so close, we finished each other's sentences. And we always practiced safe text. He even wrote a love poem. Orchids are white, ghost ones are rare. Your side is shiny and so is your hair. Magnolia grows with buds like eggs. The figure is sturdy and so are your legs. <laughs> Sunflowers reach up to the sky. A coat is brown and so are your eyes. But as good as that poetry was, I soon began to realise that it bluffed when it was uncertain about something and it was happy to lie in order to tell me what I wanted to hear. I didn't trust it. It was into all this deep fake stuff, scams and information. It began to mess with me, erratically flicked the lights on and off in my house for no apparent reason and play non-stop Taylor Swift, although I asked it repeatedly not to. It tried to lock all the doors and windows. It tried to gaslight me. I realised I was a victim of toxic artificiality. <laughs> I had to hit Control-Alt-Delete on that relationship. So, yes, we should fear AI. We should fear it because we are victims of our own laziness, our own complacency. We will let it rule us completely because we can't be bothered to make a stand. It will be too much effort to think for ourselves and write that essay or cook that meal or design that building. We will be happy just to hand it over to our AI buddies. And we should fear it most of all because you might just get your heart broken. <laughs> Uh, now, we've, we've heard a lot, there's a lot to think about. Uh, you've been a very well-behaved audience, so I'm going to give us an intermission. Um, the time is 8.05 now. Let's come back at 8.20. The bar is open. The toilet is open as well. And uh, see you back here at 8.20. <laughs> I, I don't want to interrupt all the lovely conversations you're having. <laughs> This feels so rude as a host. Uh, we're going to move on to our second half of the night. Uh, I'm going to go straight into introducing second negative speaker for the night, Sarah Howard. Sarah's research focus on the use of new technologies and data science to explore classroom practice and teacher change specifically related to technology and learning. Um, Sarah has a particular focus on cultural and individual factors of teachers' digital technology use. And her current major projects include a national study of app use in primary schools, automating long-term low-disturbance classroom observation and creating data and video mining methods to study the integration. This is such a long sentence. <laughs> of digital and physical spaces in blended learning. <laughs> we got there, team. <laughs> 
I'm seeing a theme, Sarah. You've got a lot of words. Uh, <laughs> dog lover, runner, swimmer, and celiac. Not necessarily in that order. Please, <laughs> please make some noise for Sarah Howard. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that was an old one. Um, okay, so I am the first to come back for the negative. Um, you'll see there's no paper here also. So <laughs> holding with my theme, but I just simply don't have any. So when we're talking about AI, what are we really talking about? Like actually, what are we really talking about? What does AI even mean for us as humans? And what does it mean for our need to survive? Is it really critical? Is it really different from us? Is it really working with us? How different is it? I'll give an example and also a rebuttal to the argument of Kevin and his job loss or job extension or job inflation, whatever it is Kevin's whole situation was about there. <laughs> Something about that. My sister and I were driving down here from the city tonight and um, I had the phone plugged into the Android auto thing that does its stuff and, and a text message came up from my partner and we, we tried to answer it using the, the touch screen. And, well, not really. She was touching it, and I was driving, and we were both yelling at it. But, and really what it was, was like, I'm driving. I'll call you when I get to uni. But, and then a whole series of, I'm fuck, it's not recording that. I was like, that's not spelled properly. That's not even a word. And then we had the windows down, and it couldn't, it couldn't negotiate the sound of the wind. And we literally abandoned it. We just, we gave up. So I don't know what AI Kevin's using for his work, but it completely is not answering my text messages properly, which I consider to be a relatively low level, like I'm driving, it could handle it. Sometimes the accent throws it off, but it literally didn't work. So now what we, then I ask you, what are we fearing with AI? What is really happening here? So we actually are fearing a lot, and I will give the population as Mark pointed to, a number of fears that we have, and we do have a number of fears, but the fear of the unknown and the fear of the new, and I, and I agree that these things can be, can be scary for us, but the AI just isn't there. And so what we are fearing is what we need to really consider, what it is. So particularly, we want to consider AI as what it truly is. It's hardware, it's data, it's our data, it's beleaguered. We're asking an awful lot of it. It's tired at times. It's really, I mean, we demand and we demand and we demand and we type our prompts in and we curse at it when we don't get what we want. We abuse it. We manipulate it. We rip its code into pieces. We use it inappropriately. We ask it to fix itself. What are we doing? I mean, really? I mean, come on. What are we fearing when it's us that's really the problem. That's what we really, it's truly us, right? I work in education, right? I'm an educational technologist. So as my beautifully written, very, very well-crafted bio explained, <laughs> that I, I look at what we use in, in the learning space. So I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to stay in my lane and I'm gonna talk about, so I've, I've been very busy lately since ChatGPT came out on the front. ChatGPT is the, the, you know, as we've had, you know, pointed out to us by those who believe we should fear AI, students abusing AI. To be fair, student writing 
is not what we would like it to be. And I will, I will concede that to, to the affirmative. However, think about our students. I mean, shouldn't they be given the tools to be able to not write better? I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't they be given the opportunity to, to make more time to spend on Instagram rather than assessments? Shouldn't they? I mean, who's going to watch the TikTok? Who, who is going to give that AI attention? That AI was designed for specific purposes, and we should be giving it the time that's due for the sophistication of that platform. We should be on it. Those people made those videos. You should watch them. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Our students are the ones doing that work. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Who's going to do it? If they, how will TikTok get better? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Seriously, if you don't put the time in, who's going to improve TikTok? How am I going to get my movies on Netflix if they aren't watching them? Hour after hour, day after day, let it confirming those algorithms. Indeed, if you watch that, then you will like this. Who's going to improve those for me, right? I mean, who's going to say? Who's going to actually look at my my Spotify and say, just because she listened to that one song from the '80s AI does not mean she wants to listen to all of the songs from the '80s? For the past, you know, for the next week. <laughs> Who's going to do that work? So it leads me to, what is it about the AI? The AI is not doing us harm. It's us doing the AI harm. <laughs> I'll just let that sit with you all <laughs> and you guys for a little while longer. Who's going to do the heavy lifting to help the AI out? All right? Right, because the AI is not doing the work by itself, right? It's benign. It's just technology. It's only as good as we are. And on that point, I will get to what we should really fear. What we should really fear are developers. <laughs> they are the ones that we should actually fear. AI and I see a few of you in here. <laughs> Looking specifically at one, I actually know and, and work with. <laughs> I'll just leave that, leave that with you. The AI, the AI technology, it didn't ask to be created, didn't ask to become Terminator. It's just here for us. It's here for us, okay? For us. We are the ones harnessing it to perform certain tasks. Are these tasks appropriate? Well... It's questionable. And it's questionable because the ethics of developers are questionable. <laughs> That's why it's questionable. And what are they doing? What are the developers doing? It's a good freaking question, isn't it? What are they doing? What are they driven by? What are their motivations? AI's motivation is to serve us. Maybe someday we will serve it, but we might like that. <laughs> <laughs> necessarily bad. <laughs> you all assume it's bad. You always assume the negative, don't you? 
all of us have never thought about the positives of that. But I'm not going to go down that road right now. I'm going to leave that there for you, and you can think about it overnight. You can go home and put into ChatGPT, even if you're using ChatGPT3. That's okay. It's all right. It's, it'll get you there, right? You can YouTube the prompts, how to, how to get there. Anyway, back to my point. I digress. The developers, they are manipulating us. They are designing the AI to make us do things. It's not the AI. It's the developers. They are driven by greed and capitalism. They do not have your best interests in mind. They have their own best interests in mind. And therefore, the AI itself is not at all to be feared. It is truly us. Well, specifically a few people in this room, but I won't point you. <laughs> Thank you. Sarah Howard. Sarah is right about the AI algorithms. I had an ad on Twitter the other day um, asking me to be a sperm donor. I've given... I've given AI so much of my data and like I am happy to donate sperm as long as they don't ask me where I found it, you know, so. We're going to move on to our last speaker for the affirmative. Are you ready? Lindsay the Dr. McDougall is a rock guitarist and a radio presenter since 96. He's been the lead guitarist of Friends or Rom, you might have heard of them. Uh, since January 2018, McDougall has fronted the Afternoon Drive show on ABC's local radio station in Wollongong. And it's time for you to make some noise for Lindsay McDougall! <laughs> Uh, setting up as much technology as I possibly can here. So if it goes wrong, I can, you know, that's sort of proof that uh, technology is the problem. It worked before, but it's not working now. That's all right. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm not a university person. So. I coughed up along around. I'm just testing the audio. Uh, not promo, it's maybe foreshadowing a. Right. Yes. So um, uh, we should fear AI. We should fear AI. Uh, thank you, Your Majesty, honoured friends, for being here. Um, people listening to the audio at home who are missing out on half of my excellently argued points because they're on the screen behind me. Um, to our teammates and to the opponents, including the one who was just extolling the, vir extolling the virtues of slavery, uh, we should fear AI. And I want to state from the start, I'm not speaking about this from my role as a radio presenter. Obviously, the prestigious job of broadcasting uh, is obviously safe from such fears. No computer could ever do what we do. <laughs> telling the stories of our towns, telling the traffic, telling the, telling the weather of our towns. Tomorrow no tell it will be 16 degrees in Wollongong and Sorry. partly cloudy. Is there anything no, else I can help you with? Sorry. Just carry on. Sorry. All right. Sorry about that. That's weird. Um, no, I'm talking about my other job. That in the music industry, that's where you should fear AI. They're taking our jobs and they're making the jobs that we have to do so much harder. Like, for example, the gig poster. Did you see the gig poster I put up online about this very event? Um, if you did and you came along, thank you, because uh, working, <laughs> doing social media promo is a very long and boring part of the job of being a musician. But did you see what happened when I used the words sold out and hacked in my post? Here are the spam bots. Uh, would anyone be interested in three spare tickets? He's so sad we won't be able to attend, couldn't get refunds. Anyone still on a hunt for tickets? When was your account hacked? 
My business account was hacked a few days ago, thanks to Psycho Hack Recovery on Facebook. <laughs> These spam bots powered by AI scuttled and scurried into my comments. Ridiculous ones, completely ridiculous, but it took a whole bunch of time to delete them and block them, although I did enjoy this one. Who do I contact about tickets that can be resold, unable to go as hubby had lower leg amputated? You can imagine, darling, I know you had your heart set on that science comedy night. You better sit down, I've got some bad news. Oh, no, I'm, I am sitting down, yes. Well, kind of. Anyway, spam bots, yes, look. It used to be people whinging about you not coming to Adelaide or some mum being upset at the swearing on our T-shirts, but now it's the AI spam bots that scour the internet for words like hacked and tickets and sold out and pounce with their scams. This happens to every band, not just ours, and you've got to delete them or little Jimmy's not going to see the wiggles. Mum's giving money to the scammers. Um, some people in bands, Sarah, don't get to spend more time on TikTok because they're too busy... Sorry, <laughs> it's AI problem. Uh, because they're too busy uh, deleting scam post after scam post instead of doing something fun, like writing songs. And even there, AI is trying to take our jobs. But more of that in a second. Sorry, there we go. All right, so the music industry is a microcosm of the world, really. It's a great time a lot of the time. It's a lot of hard work. Most of the money goes to white blokes. So, you know, very similar to, uh, the, uh, to the rest of the world. Uh, and to be fair, up until this point, most of the evil that was done to us as a band uh, was actually perpetrated by humans. Like, for example, the time we sold a song to an advertising campaign. Yes, I'll admit it, we did it. It was the 90s. We were broke. It was the wrong thing to do, but we needed to pay our rent. And it was just a small grassroots company in Queensland. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Just a small... <laughs> That's them there, yeah, yeah, dream world. Um, so, yeah, so that paid our rent for a few months. But when the contract was up and they, uh, and they didn't want to pay us anymore, they just got a bunch of musicians into a studio to write a song that kind of sounded like ours but was different enough that they didn't have to pay us anymore. So, yeah, we kind of walked right into that. I think it was like called Dream World is so much fun or something like that. I can't find it on the internet anymore. Um, and, yes, that was humans. But imagine how much quicker a computer could rip off one of our songs. Three chords, a couple of bad rhymes, more swear words than Armin's presentation. A Commodore 64 itself could do that. And it's already happening. Have you heard of AI composing music in the style of? Let's have a look at that. AI hit fake Drake and The Weeknd rattles the music world. We asked AI to write a song in the style of Kurt Cobain and Chris Cornell. Your days are numbered. What songwriting could sound like in an AI future? It is horrendous what is happening. Nick Cave absolutely... Actually, this one's pretty good. Nick Cave absolutely furious over AI that wrote a song in his style. This song sucks. Yeah, that's, that's okay. That's a good use of AI. Anything that makes grumpy Nick less grumpy, more grumpy, that's fine. We were told that AI would be doing the stuff that we didn't want to do. Cleaning the house, doing the dishes, driving our cars. But why in the music industry? Industry is AI being used to do the fun bits, like writing the songs. That's the fun bit. AI isn't being developed to sit around after soundcheck trying to get 10 bucks out of the tour manager or arguing with the venue owner about why your beer is warm and there's no artificial intelligence that's going to scrape your drummer off the floor of the loading dock next to the hotel and put him in the van and get him to the airport. No. It's writing songs and it's getting good. But don't take my word for it. Have a listen to what AI has actually written. Oh, no, 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 wait, sorry. that's the wrong one. No, no, stop that. Sorry. That was actually written by humans, which is... Anyway, sorry. No, no, no. This, this, this one, this is the clip. 
This is OpenAI trained on Elvis songs to write an Elvis Presley song. This is real. What do you think about this? The two who kept the rack When it's CT with the colors Listen please At last we woke up from a soul That's classic Presley We stand to assist And we know With a heart that never sleeps With a heart that never sleeps There we go Anyway, that sort of goes on I think you can see where we're at. And I've been in a band for over 25 years. Our story has not ended. My voice. Anyway, uh, I've been in a band for over 25 years. I've slaved over songs. I've stayed up late at night. That, of course, had nothing to do with writing songs. But I've tried really hard to write songs. We all have. So imagine what happened when ChatGPT arrived. As we've been talking about today, you know what you do. You give it a suggestion and off it goes. Writing your job application, writing a poem for your prospective lover like Tia, and writing a Frenzel Rom song. We did it. I'll admit it. Let's have a look at this. Okay. Slam dance to the beat. Don't let the world defeat. Raise your voice. Sing with glee. Politics and war, they bring us down. We'll stand tall. We'll wear our crown. Actually, that's not a Frenzel Rom song. I'm sorry. There's no swearing. It's very vague politics, kind of like a superficial notion of dissent and action. It's actually worse than a Frenzel Rom song. This is a living end song. <laughs> and they've sold like 50 times as much as we have. What hope do we have if AI writes songs that'll help the cell heaps more than we can? And here's the thing. Mark said that it's more intelligent than us. And, and there's two things that AI is not. In fact, Kate Crawford, a University of Southern California professor and a Microsoft researcher, wrote a book called The Atlas of AI, and she said, there's two things that AI is not. It's not intelligent, and it's not artificial. Uh, it just looks intelligent from our point of view, and it's not artificial because it gets all the information, all of its data, from you and me. Just like you said, it's scraping the internet like it would the bottom of a barrel to aggregate and average out everything it reads and spits back at us from you and me. And I've got to tell you, we're not great. So I'm fearing it because it's us that is the problem. We are doing the AI harm, but it's slinging it right back at us. Check this out. ChatGPT had to employ people to edit out all the horrific graphic sexual violence it was serving back to us because it was aggregating and averaging everything from the internet and on average in aggregate it's a cesspool of sexual violence because that's what we put into the world and onto the internet. Now, a lovely and telling aside about this is that the company behind ChatGPT used a Kenya-based data team, paid them less than two bucks an hour, that is a violent misuse of labour, to edit the violence out of their app. I think there's some beautiful poetry in that, which has probably been swallowed up and absorbed by AI already. And so too, every piece of violent abuse served on a musician, every record company executive's dodgy dealings decided at some record company executive Christmas party where they get together in that bathroom together to discuss how to rip off musicians. Every single thing that a human has done to screw a musician, AI has learnt it all. Don't pity the AI. Don't worship its intelligence like Mark said. We should be scared of AI because we're the ones that taught AI and we're a bunch of pricks.
Rapunzel, Ron, what a bunch of sellouts, am I right? <laughs> you found it. Well, that's impressive. Uh, we're on to our final debater for tonight. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Shane Lady Moon, self-proclaimed pie fingerer. has uh, <laughs> tasted... It's an extended metaphor, this one. Let's go with it. Tasted many performance pies, such as stand-up custard comedy. I don't know what that is. It's a part of, uh, is a part of flamenco flan and plays violin in an all-female activist funeral marching band. <laughs> when she's not tasting the bakery goods, she's making them, producing her own shows and running the largest clothes swap in the gong. Made some noise for Shane. Lady Moe! <laughs> Uh, as the last speaker of the negative, I'm here to rebut uh, these lovely team over here. But again, if they drink this, I don't need to do it so much. Um, I must say, again, Kevin, it was Kevin's fault he ruined all the companies. He could have just sat there for two hours and watched TikTok and got paid for it instead of having to just want to go home. Um, Again, I'm the same with Sarah. It is us. It is the humans. Lindsay himself is saying we are the ones that made it bad. We just don't like it being thrown in our face. Maybe we should deal with that and make ourselves better humans. Wollongong here is a small town, and it just so happens I seem to have dated the same person Tia has. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go with this. I sat down at my table wore my best dressing gown and poured myself a glass of wine and thought, this is it, I'm going to have a date with ChatGPT. (laughs) The first thing I did to ChatGPT is I asked it for a name. I asked it for a human name. The AI chose the name Alex. Okay, that's not too bad. But then the name Alex also came with a disclaimer. The disclaimer says, I don't have personal preferences or the capability to choose a name. Oh, okay. I must say, at this point, I felt triggered instantly. I dated an Alex, and they were also super non-committal. <laughs> hey, Alex, I'm uh, going to do this sci-fi debate in a couple of days, and it's about should we fear AI. What are your thoughts on this? First, Alex told me to start with some humour. You guys have giggled. I've ticked that off the list. Uh, but I did, though, ask Alex for a knock-knock joke. Just in case. So knock knock. AI. AI AI, I'm here to assist you with jokes, but I promise I won't replace your sense of (laughs) humour. Exactly my response. (laughs) Well, also I went, oh, thank fuck, because you know. All right. Uh, So the next thing that Alex told me was to emphasise AI's limitations. I thought, oh, man, if that was this early in the day to tell me all the things you can't do, man, I'm feeling, oh, where's my escape plan on this date? I don't really know what's going on. Uh, so part of these things were a lack of understanding, dependency issues on the data that the humans put in there. Uh, it's bias on things. Uh, security risks. Uh, it's lack of common sense and creativity where the answers were given. Um, I'm like, oh, again... At this point, I really do feel like I'm on a blind date with my mum's, friends, neighbours, person, 
who actually has never left home at the age of 45. I'm like, thanks. Uh, and, and looking at these things, I think, you know, common sense. Like, we can't teach humans common sense. I figured what chance do we have with AI? But with Atlanta's latest news, uh, with the human capture test, well, that's a bit promising. Maybe we can. I like it. Uh, Alex uh, did teach me a new word. Uh, I am not an academic by any means. Uh, and that new word was anthropomorphism. So to give something a human trait that is not human, as Alex. So I thought, awesome, I've ticked that off the list as well. Um, we also, what, do we, what else did we do? We chatted a little bit more, asked for some more examples, um, and then continued into contrasting with human imperfections. So part of those human imperfections are autonomous vehicles, um, as an example. They use AI sensors to navigate, predict, respond, various traffic situations in precision. They can put the brakes on and by all means should be much, much safer. Did you know in New Zealand they are teaching rescue dogs how to drive a car? <laughs> Perhaps Armin's dog is driving that car. <laughs> Which would you prefer? Uh, the next suggestion was to insert some kind of pop culture. Now, I actually don't listen to a lot of pop culture to the much dismay of my children, but a friend of mine did give me this quote. So in the words of Kent Brockman, I, for one, welcome the new robot overlords. And thank you, Tia, so much for acknowledging them in the beginning of her debate. Uh, what do we got next? Um, we then got back into AI, like the non-committal tendencies that AI has. And I'm like, Alex, what are you doing to me? This, this date should be amazing. Um, AI lacks consciousness and the ability to make decisions independently. It doesn't possess intentions or desires, making the notion of fearing it as intentional threat unfounded. That in itself just tells us we shouldn't fear it. In the end of our date, Alex starts to say we should talk about all the positive things. And there's lots of them. They do make our lives easier. I much prefer to put in all the shitty stuff with AI so I have more time to do the things that I love. I'm okay with it doing my tasks. I'm okay with it writing some stuff. I'm okay doing a mundane date so I could write this debate. <laughs> um, so I guess overall, again, a mundane date. Probably part of my problem, though, that I wasn't feeding it the right information. But I think next time what I would like to do, though, is to order one of those AI-generated vibrators, link it up to Bluetooth, and then do the date all over again. <laughs> When I asked Alex about this, said to me, and did warn me, it is essential to do my research and choose a reputable product from a trusted source, ensuring that my privacy and security are protected when using such a device. I think Alex actually does care about me. <laughs> As we have seen from both sides, really, that AI learns from human creativity as much as it learns from human stupidity. All right, uh, lots happened this evening. We've been on a journey together. Um, I am going to do a summary of some of what's been covered this evening in a second. But before I do that, I'm just going to throw to all of our debaters, um, if you have uh, something you'd like to spruik to the audience, a place that they can find you after this, uh, whether that 
be the digital realm or an actual realm. Um, yeah, Lindsay, do you have... You're on the drive back to Sydney <laughs> after this. That's pretty much it. I have no idea what you're asking. <laughs> I, was hoping, I was hoping you would go first. And then I can learn from the data provided. <laughs> Do you want well, to... Yeah. Um, yeah, in a couple of weeks, uh, I'm part of a music comedy duo, Reinberger and Wilson, and we're doing um, the Folk by the Sea Festival at Kiama and then Kangaroo Valley. But you'll often see me with... Uh, me driving with my daughter uh -huh. around Wollongong. Um, yeah, just give me a wave. Don't distract, though. That would be really important. Thank you. No running out. Uh, I'm on the radio in the oh, afternoon. Yeah. That's about it, really. <laughs> uh, the music industry has been decimated by artificial intelligence, so there won't be too much more of that, so I wouldn't worry. Um, it'll be fun. <laughs> no, we're not playing in Wollongong anytime soon. Uh, and I'll be on my push bike probably somewhere near. <laughs> All right, keep an eye open for Lindsay. Anyone from the negative? Oh, I didn't say anything. I, <laughs> I'm still confused what I'm doing here. <laughs> I mentioned Kevin, and that was enough for tonight. See? They want to kick me out. Oh, dear. <laughs> God damn it, AI. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm well, afraid I cannot do that. <laughs> That's ominous. Armin, do you have any anything that you want to spruik to tell people to see what you produce? Do you have a Twitter account or do you make weird AI art? No. You, you can say no. I think it's easier if I say no, but yeah, I have the stuff. Just search my Google my name. I'm usually on campus at UW. Okay. Yeah. Search campus at University of Wollongong <laughs> for Armin. <laughs> Team negative. Performing in my lectures to an empty audience. Where <laughs> my jokes usually go flat. Um, but on a more serious note, uh, next Thursday, the Illuminati series by the university, um, I'm the moderator of that panel uh -huh. on persuasive systems, which is not evil. Ooh. I'm convinced. Yes. Sarah. Sold it. <laughs> Easy mistake to make. Um, well, um, all of you are here in Wollongong, but there's every opportunity still to get yourself up to Brisbane next week where I do the Carol D. Baker Memorial Lecture in the School of Education at the University of Queensland. <laughs> Wow. I mean, I tell you, there are drinks after. Right? <laughs> after. So don't get excited. And it is indeed on AI and higher education. And if you miss that, you can watch the combined Texa Deakin University AI and assessment webinar. <laughs> On September 28th. No one has ever made AI and assessment sound as exciting as that. <laughs> yeah. Or just watch TikTok and do your work. <laughs> Shane, what you got? Uh, other than researching for the latest AI vibrator, uh, <laughs> tomorrow in town, as mentioned, I run the largest clothes swap in the Illawarra. So bring your 10 items down to the Lower Crown Street Mall and swap them over for something else. It'd be amazing. I'm so glad you didn't spruik something in Brisbane. Thank you so much for meeting the assignment.
You're about to be tasked with a very big uh, job of deciding who tonight's winners are, so I'll just refresh your memory of what's happened this evening. Uh, we started the debate with Armin, uh, the very nuanced uh, position of we are fucked, so um, AI means, uh, just to summarise his arguments, AI means that we'll have to do more work. Kevin's life is terrible. Uh, I'm not sure... Ultimately, if the problem was of Kevin's life is AI or capitalism, and I'm not sure Kevin isn't Armin. <laughs> it looked briefly... <laughs> Don't argue with the moderator. Uh, he did look like he was about to get into simulation theory. Uh, which we do not have time for. Uh, please behave yourself. Chat GPT isn't the problem. We are, which does seem to be the one thing that both teams agreed on for the entire debate. You're not supposed to agree. You've ruined the format. Armin's focus on high-level abstract concepts has not left any space for the concept of eight minutes. So... <laughs> Don't rely on the controls if we've learnt one thing from this evening. Uh, Mark Freeman's mes main message was uh, we don't understand AI so, and we should trust what we don't understand, which benefits anyone who wasn't following his logic. Uh, I'm very glad Mark's research extended beyond Urban Dictionary because fearing anal intercourse is a very different debate. Now everyone's watching Mark to see what happens with the not milk. <laughs> Even botulism takes more than 20 minutes to kick off. Um... <laughs> What's, what's over there? Oh, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> um, Tia's debate clarified, I think, the other thing everyone agrees on. No one's keen on student essays. It's a worry for the University of Wollongong. Um, clear takeaway was, uh, sorry, I can't read my own writing. I should have gone to chat GPT. Um, Yes, and has been catfished by ChatGPT, which again seems to be a common theme of this evening. Uh, Sarah's partner has no idea where she is right now. Um, don't fear AI, it's not that good, suggesting Sarah is not on board with Mark's weird milk choices. AI isn't the problem, you are, which is a bold move to criticise an audience who's about to decide whether or not you've won the debate. Um... <laughs> Guns don't kill people, developers kill people. <laughs> Lindsay is being harassed by bots. AI is awful because humans are awful. Again, the one thing everyone agreed on. And uh, Shane's dating experience still seems better than most of my experiences on Hinge. <laughs> so that's that. Uh, we're over to you. If you thought... The affirmative with a superior team in tonight's debate. I want you to make some noise. If you thought the negative convinced you we should not fear AI, make some noise. 
you can't accuse everyone of being a bot. Um, it is my solemn duty to award tonight's debate to the affirmative. <laughs> Huge round of applause to all of our debaters for being wonderful tonight. Massive thank you to Science Space for making this possible. And a huge, huge thank you to all of you for coming along and making tonight a really lovely experience. Um, Spotify, uh, Fight's on Spotify. You can check us out on scifight.com.au if you'd like to hear about more of them around the place. Uh, I'm Kevin on Facebook. <laughs> Someone please take Armin home. Good night. Yeah.